0: Today's reading comes from, oh my goodness, Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are these not all who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, "...Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we can hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, "'What does this mean?' But others sneered and said, "'They are filled with new wine.' But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, "'Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say.' Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophecy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
1: I'm pretty sure you've had the scripture read many times, because it's really the Pentecost scripture. The scripture where the disciples of Jesus were gathered together under the instruction of Jesus Christ for them to wait until that day When the Holy Spirit will be given to them. Because when Jesus of Nazareth left this earth, he bequeathed a legacy to his followers. He left the Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, and to empower the disciples so that they will be able to do all that God has called them to do. And so today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit on the apostles of Jesus Christ. In fact, in that room, there were not only the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ who were sent by Jesus, there were also others waiting. And you know the story well my friends. It was the day of Pentecost. The disciples were all together in one place. And there is no other explanation for Pentecost. The wind, the tongues of fire, the crowd who heard the gospel, each in their own language. Can you imagine a room filled with different people? Someone to speak German, and the kids want him to speak Spanish. Can you imagine different People gathered together, but everybody understood what was being said. This, my friends, was a world-changing event. God was giving birth to a new movement, a movement that was destined to sweep across the earth. And for 2,000 years, that movement that was born on the day of Pentecost has been sweeping across the earth. Every continent of the earth, there is a Christian. There are Christian groups. We've been sweeping across the earth, my friends. Pentecost is indeed the birthday of the church. And all of us should be in that birthday mood today. We should be celebrating something different. Not only the fact that we have life and an opportunity to come together to worship, but we should be celebrating the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Because for the first time in the life of the disciples, in a noticeable fashion, the Holy Spirit came. The Spirit of God has been present from, if you read the scripture, from Genesis. The Holy Spirit was there. If you go through the prophets called by God, they were indwelt by the Spirit, energized by the Spirit. So God's Spirit has been there. But in a special way, to empower the disciples of Jesus Christ, the Spirit came on that day in Jerusalem. Before the day of Pentecost, the disciples had been a group of well-meaning guys who were very timid, of their master hired and unable to fulfill the commission of their master. Because if you remember before the day of Pentecost, they were hiding. They were afraid. After Pentecost, these same disciples became such powerful witnesses that it was said of one of the disciples, Simon Peter, that his mere shadow passing over a physically distressed person could bring healing. That's how much power the Spirit brings to you. And you remember Peter, who was really timid, afraid, denied Christ three times, even before his crucifixion. Yes, after Pentecost, Peter was able to deliver the first sermon for this new movement called the church. Before Pentecost, the disciples were fearful, fickle followers who could not be depended upon even to stay awake while their master was praying. And you remember this scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus went to pray, the disciples fell asleep. That's who they were. After Pentecost, they were willing to face persecution, even surrendered themselves to torture and death in order to testify that this same Jesus had been raised from the dead. That's the power of the Spirit. Before Pentecost, they were aimless. They were spineless. And they were hopeless. After Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with Holy Spirit power. And they were bold. They were brave. And they were blessed in their witnessing. And they added According to the scriptures, 3,000 believers to the church community. On that first day, when timid, now powerful Peter delivered his first sermon, 3,000 people came to the church. My friends, this was the legacy of Jesus Christ to the world. Having the church be Holy Spirit powered. Powered. Holy Spirit powered. That's the legacy of Jesus Christ to us. And that's who we are intended to be. Church of the Cross United Methodists. Holy Spirit powered. Holy Spirit filled. A purpose driven church. And we can be that if we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. The church is not the church without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot do church by ourselves. For who is the foundation of the church? The foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. And the foundation of the church says, you have to wait for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And truth be told, my friends, the church without the present and power of the Holy Spirit can offer no ministry of reconciliation to a divided world. And when the church itself is divided, the church needs the Holy Spirit to bring us together. We cannot be divided. And another truth, my friends, that needs to be told is that Christ died to make his people one. O-N-E. And to make his church to continue to be one. And if you look around the world today, it appears that we are throwing that purpose away for the church to be one. Jesus you remember, prayed for the unity of his disciples, prayed for the unity of the church. Five times he expressed his desire for unity. If you go back home, read the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter. Jesus really prayed For the unity of the church. Our response to this deep desire for unity expressed by Jesus should be to do everything humanly possible to bring that unity and that oneness to the church. I mean, look around the world today. We have more denominations than anybody can even count. That's not what Jesus intended. Jesus wanted us to be one. The heart of unity lies in our oneness with Christ himself. Today, United Methodists all over the world are celebrating the day of Pentecost. And perhaps some, like many of us, are lamenting the broken spirit within the denomination, we cannot escape that. I mean, let us be honest with ourselves. We cannot escape that, the broken spirit within the denomination. But perhaps, also like us, they are inspired by our worldwide fellowship to keep the promise and the dream of unity in Jesus Christ alive. Because wherever you go and you see the symbol of the United Methodist Church, the cross and the, and the flame, you are welcome. And I mean, if you travel from here to Russia today and you see the cross and the flame, guess what? You have a family in that building because you are United Methodists. And today, the birthday of the church is a day... For all United Methodists to remember that Jesus Christ is greater than anything, than any issues, and than any group that would divide his church. In other words, there may be division in the church, but guess what? Jesus Christ is the foundation, amen? And Jesus Christ is greater than than anything that appears to divide us. In other words, let our focus be on Jesus Christ. Because, my friends, I come to church, my focus is on on Christ. Because if my focus is not on Christ, then I find other things to focus on. But my focus is on Christ every day. Every Sunday I go to church. It's on Christ, because Christ is bigger, more powerful, more awesome than any issue, any group, any plan to divide his church. The church, my friends, is a divine organism. It is not a human organization. See, we have made it a human organization rather than a divine organism. Friends, the church is supposed to be changing, and the focus of our change is to be united. Look at, look at the amount of people who were gathered together from various nations. Listen again to, this, to the story of Pentecost, Acts of the Apostles the second chapter. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's the beginning of the church. They were all together in one place. And guess what they were doing? They were simply waiting. It was not a prayer meeting, I can assure you. They were just waiting. And I'm sure every group was talking about the issues of the day for them. They were all together in one place. And then the scripture says in verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I'm not going to borrow the Holy Spirit power from somebody else. No. God gives you the opportunity for the Spirit to rest on you. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I mean, this is a picture of heaven itself. It is a prelude of what heaven is going to be like. Because if you read in Revelation chapter 7, we shall all be there. From different tongues and languages and races, we shall be in heaven. This is a prelude of what heaven will be like. Now, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation on the heaven. So you know the Jews were there. And then the scripture says, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. This is a prelude of what heaven will be like. Utterly amazed, they ask, "Ain't all these who are speaking Galileans? How come that each of us here them speaking in their native language?" And then they give us a description of the people who were gathered together the Parthians, the Medes, the Emilites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Fijia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Oh, my friends, it is the beginning of that community we call the church. It is a prelude of what heaven will be like. We shall all be there. Let us try to be united on earth so that we will not be disappointed in heaven. Amen? The church Needs to be united. And our unity is based on our focus on Jesus Christ. There are going to be issues because we're humans. See, all of us did not attend the same school. Therefore, there are going to be issues. But then, let us look at everything that is going on in the church and remember in the words of a hymn that the church is one foundation and the foundation is Jesus Christ our lord the question this morning is do you believe in the lord jesus christ because if you do my friends all the other issues means nothing because jesus is more powerful Because Jesus is the leader of the church. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that goes on within a denomination that will cause me to forget what Jesus did for me. Amen? Amen. This morning we go home. I will say to each of us, let us on this day of Pentecost depart this sanctuary with an attitude of praying and seriously praying for the unity of the church as true and loyal disciples of Jesus Christ. If we cannot do anything, there is one thing we can all do, and that is we can all pray, pray, and pray. And don't give up hope because sometimes you pray and it's not McDonald's. Therefore, it doesn't come fast, you understand? Uh, Sometimes you pray, you have to go to Dorothy Lane and get all the ingredients and you take it home and prepare it. You saute everything and you put it in the refrigerator for a few hours then you go to the kitchen again and you cook before you can eat it. That's what prayer is at times. Sometimes it is an instant response, sometimes it takes years before God can say, I grant your request. But that should not discourage us from praying for the unity of the church, praying for a heart that focuses on Jesus Christ, the foundation of the church. Happy birthday, church. Because remember, what is the church? The church is people. And whenever we use the word church, we are talking about us, you, the individual. This is the church building. It is different from the church. The church is you. Wherever you are, You are the church. Amen? Amen. So let the church go out and let the church focus on Jesus Christ and let the church continue to pray so that the Spirit will empower each one of us to do what Jesus expects us to do, which is to witness and make disciples and enlarge the kingdom of God so that when we are all together in God's kingdom, We can say to each other, I remember you at Church of the Cross United Methodist. I don't know if we will recognize each other, because the body will change. Paul says in Corinthians, the mortal body becomes immortal. The natural becomes spiritual. So I don't know how it will be. But guess what? It doesn't matter to me. It's just the fact that I'll be in heaven and I'm happy. Amen? And I pray that one day we shall all be in God's kingdom to celebrate our faith and celebrate in an endless way. Because we believe in our foundation, in our founder, Jesus the Christ. Happy birthday, church. And may God bless us all. Amen.